0: Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get
1: up, come on, get down with the sickness. Open up your head and let
0: it flow into me. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Your mother get Welcome up, to <laughs> <laughs> Welcome-, <laughs> Welcome to chronically fully sick episode Five. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All um, right,
0: uh, before we begin, let's do an acknowledgement of Contru. Uh, we are
1: recording today on the stolen lands of the Eora and Kulin Nations. Sovereignty was never ceded and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land.
0: Episode five. Who would have thought? Still alive. <laughs> Still here. Still here, <laughs> <barely>. mate. <laughs> Uh, So our names are Chloe Sargent and Joanna Nielsen and we are two chicks who just want to have a yak about being young and chronically ill. So thank you for uh, tuning in and sticking with us for five episodes so far. And uh, if you do want to follow us, we have a Twitter which is at ChronicFullSick, Instagram which is ChronicallyFullySick and we also have our group on Facebook should you like to join us to have a bit of a yak together. Um, we also have a contact form on our website, chronicallyfullysick.com, if you want to send us love letters.
1: Whee! We did get a couple Yay! of love letters this week, didn't we? Yes, yeah, play- so we
0: got a gorgeous message from someone called Michelle. Who said, thanks so much for sharing your experiences. They've had over 20 years of chronic illness and a recent bout of Ross River virus. Urgh. They were feeling pretty low and began listening to our podcast about stupid GPs and immediately cheered up. Aww. So that was really, really lovely. Um, and we also got another one, which unfortunately, Joe's screenshot of this, she cut out when she sent it to me. Oh, Rude. sorry. Um. But it says, ladies, as a chronic pain sufferer for the past, gee, let me think, 18 years. Shit, that's a long time. Endo and all that entails. I don't go on blogs as they do my head in. However, I do listen to podcasts and it's nice to hear from you both. I can completely relate to all you say. I think that was... Super lovely. I think that was from Sasha. Sasha. Um, Thank you, Michelle and Sasha. We really loved it. Those messages brightened up our day so much. And you do sound hot from your
1: um, email, so... Um, all of our listeners are hot.
0: Yeah. Mm. It's, if you listen to this podcast, you're officially hot. You're hot, sexy and cute. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah.
1: Um, so how's it going, darling? I feel like I haven't spoken to you in forever.
0: I know we would, I would like just thinking is, is like, normally we record no fail every two weeks, but I think we recorded sort of like at the beginning and tail end of two weeks this time so it's like it feels like such a long time also the concept of time is super changed yeah what is
1: even time Uh, anymore i don't know
0: what is time anymore i have no idea but you know We'll just keep on keeping on, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm okay. Had a bit of a uh, cute flare up, which has been um, plaguing me. <laughs> Shock horror! Twins. I feel like we're syncing up. Like when like the myth of girls living together and their periods sync up. I feel like doing this podcast means that our flares have like started to sync up as well. Oh,
1: cute little flare bears together. Mm. Oh. Cute for us. Oh,
0: yeah, my flare made me miss a couple of days of work, which was not great. Um, And yeah, I'm just bloody sick of it. Bloody Mm. sick of it. What about yours? Mine happen for
1: apparently no reason, as they will sometimes. Um, Mm. With fibromyalgia, as you know, it can be really connected to stress. Anxiety, just a bit like rundown. Sure, but apparently this one was for no reason whatsoever, and it's one of the worst ones I've had in recent memory.
0: Lovely, Mm. lovely. Just
1: that nice being boiled alive feeling. You know what
0: I'm saying? Oh yeah, of course. (laughs) I know you feel that. (laughs) That classic feeling that (laughs) everyone can relate Mm. to—being boiled alive.
1: (laughs) So I went to a yeah. new GP and she was really lovely and wrote me a private script for some actually good painkillers without being awful,
0: which Yay. we all know that's pretty rare. That is extremely rare But it for was sure. the same
1: surgery, so they had a r- record of me coming in there for years
0: being – Yeah, you know, that's helpful. Um, <laughs> Crying.
1: <laughs> being a Mr Burns type figure.
0: You have everything. You mean I have pneumonia? Yes. Juvenile diabetes? Yes. Hysterical pregnancy? A a little bit. Yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Mr Burns but constantly sobbing.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I really do feel like my posture is a lot like his. Really bent over and kind of the little paws at the front like a little T-Rex.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, like a little T-Rex. Yeah. That's that's a really adorable image. I know. know, Your nails look really good. I can see oh, you waving you. around. Um, that was one of my uh, mindfulness things that I, I did last night. Mm. Decided to do my nails with actual, like, fake nails and everything to make them all the same length. Because Listeners. I'm a chronic nail biter. So And I've got, like, certain nails that I constantly chew, whereas mm. other ones I don't. So it's like some of them will be super long and some of them won't be. And it will look like I've got, like, a full, like, Carrie Fisher Coke nail. So... Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now they're all yeah. just
0: coke nails, and they're now they're all coke nails, they're like, which is sexy and cute and cool.
1: Slime, they're slime green, so the listeners yes. can't see that. It reminds me of that. Oh, I'm showing my age here, but that stuff that you used to be able to get when you were a kid called gack Kids make slime these days, and it was kind of like they that. do. They yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, they buy theirs. Oh no, we bought we bought ours, but they make theirs. They're yeah. crafty. The new generation.
1: Gak is just a uh, um another word for speed or something
0: these days, isn't it? <laughs> is it? I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I have no yeah, idea. I'm not up with what the kids are kids are doing these days. <laughs> I have
1: no idea. Nah, this is some older crusties in Brisbane going. You know, I, oh, I right. need some ingredients for my gak sack, <laughs> Becky. In- <laughs> Holy moly. I'm sorry. You know who you are. And I know some of you are listening.
0: Oh, memories. Yes. I I did my nails as like a mindfulness thing. But I've also been doing a lot of illustrating recently, which has been mm. lovely. And I actually, it I started in like February that I started putting my illustrations up on Red bubbles so people could buy them on uh, like t-shirts and all of that kind of stuff but yeah yesterday I got a nice surprise that uh the famous author uh model um and spoony icon Tara Moss actually mm-hmm. bought one of my my t-shirts and posted about it which was a really cute surprise it made my heart grow sizes bigger it was really lo- really lovely you so, are the Grinch I am the Grinch <laughs> you have the nails with the Grinch I do like the t- the claws like mm. <laughs> and it did happen yeah. to be I the hate Christmas. I do too. Um anyway, <laughs>
1: but uh it did happen to be the the illustration that we used as a logo for the podcast, which was really cool.
0: Yeah. So I I made the illustration like months and months and months before we started the podcast. Because I loved the name of our group. And yeah. so I just decided to make a sort of really hair metalish design. And so I could buy it on a jumper for myself, basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it just kind of stayed on Redbubble, and now people are buying it, which is, um, yeah, I guess our official merch now. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea, but here we are. I do love cool. the the little bag that you did. What does it say? This is a bag of, like, enormous bag filled with drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like a little purse. Because, like, I'm not sure about you guys, but, like, I've got my, like, handbag. And then if I just put all my tablets and stuff just directly in the bag, mm. I never find anything. Mm-hmm. So I've got, yes. like, a little purse inside my bag that has all my meds and probably 10 lip balms and a lighter that, you know, doesn't work anymore and all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I always like, – that's permanently in my bag and I could never find one big enough, so I put that on – Redbubble just as a, like, because I thought it was Because you wanted it too. (laughs) Because I wanted it, yeah. Literally, I've just designed this stuff for myself and I couldn't be bothered figuring out how to get one made somewhere. So I was just like, oh, fuck it. I'll just put it on Redbubble and then buy my own things. It's called Oh My Fucking God Ouch, the store, huh? Yes. Yes. And we'll put a link up to
1: that as well if you want to go visit it. Um,
0: Yeah. It's pretty cute. See all of my silly, silly illustrations. Mm Mm-hmm. Just a fun, cute time for me, you know?
1: Yeah. Speaking of fun, cute times.
0: Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, are we getting into the topic? Yeah, okay. we're getting into the
1: topic. I already asked you to watch something that I... Yes saw and I was quite worried that you wouldn't speak to me again after you saw it
0: literally you have no idea the messages Joe sent me she was like okay so I think we should talk about this thing on the pod but I just need to warn you it is really full-on mm-hmm. and like you might turn it off halfway through mm-hmm. and blah 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 and I was I was legitimately like freaked out by your messages <laughs> and then I, wa- I watched this doco and I was like oh this is amazing like <laughs> what are you talking about you
1: absolute
0: yeah because it is full-on you had just gotten a flare after mine
1: and i'm like oh maybe if you don't feel very good maybe don't watch (laughs) this i think i said to you maybe you should just watch bill and ted
0: yeah i know joking. like you might turn it off halfway through may actually maybe you should just watch bill and ted instead (laughs) i really like i forgot that they use the f word Mm. in the original one i forgot about it i was I watched another 90s movie
1: that drops the F homophobic slur. They all do. Not all 90s movies do. They love it. It's really weird. Why did they love that word so much? They didn't do it so much in the 80s. But anyway, let's get back on topic.
0: Let's get back on topic. We're really, we're, yeah, we're really bad today. Anyway, in uh, true Joe style, I'm going to give you a content warning for this movie because, look, there are pretty full on themes. So some of the discussion we're about to have includes sex, BDSM, kink, consensual and self-inflicted injury, as well as pain and death from a chronic illness. Mm. So if any of these topics are particularly sensitive for you, just please be aware before sort of keeping on playing this podcast. Mm. Okay. All right. Now,
1: that's your chance to... to uh, fast forward or whatever the youth say these days until we start. Oh, fast forward. I don't yeah, know. On your
0: tape deck? Okay, cool. No worries, Grandma. Oh Back God. to the nursing home for you. Oh, God.
1: Okay, anyway. Mm. So this is a documentary that was made in 1997 that I asked Chloe to watch and it's called Seek the Life and Death of Bob Flanagan, Super Masochist. The cover of it's pretty interesting because he is kind of half naked. He has a
0: band-aid over yeah. his genitals and a sort of a hospital gown as a cape. And he's got a, like breathing tubes and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, because... Um, breathing apparatus. That's right. Bob Flanagan uh, was a Los Angeles writer, a poet, performance artist, I guess a stand-up comic too, yeah. who had cystic fibrosis. I think he
0: was actually the oldest living, um, the oldest person that lived with cystic fibrosis.
1: Yeah. So it basically documents his life and how he deals with his illness up until his death in 1996. And how he dealt with his illness and the ongoing pain and treatment was really quite unusual. Um, Mm -hmm. How would you describe that, Chloe, do you think?
0: I think the most interesting thing is is that he sort of speaks about how he was really interested in masochism and BDSM and that sort of thing from a young age. Mm. But the way as he sort of got older and started doing art and writing and that sort of thing, it kind of ended up translating as BDSM and kink and all of that sort of stuff was a way to help him manage his pain and Mm. like sort of a way for him to deal with being chronically ill and it it was almost like a management strategy for him. Mm -hmm. It was just a way for him to sort of think about his pain differently because mm. um, when you live with a chronic illness obviously pain is a, you know generally a 24-7 thing yeah it was like him taking back control almost over the concept of pain yeah so on the synopsis um, that's that's pretty
1: good Chloe so it explains the use of BDSM for his sexual gratification and also as a therapeutic device to take control over his body from cystic fibrosis he discusses his conceptual performance and video art, which often relates to pain, illness, medicine and sexuality. There's a lot of home videos in which he sort of explores the BDSM and pain aspect of his sexuality,
0: um, which involve mm-hmm. his partner and Dom, um, Cherie Rose. Cherie Rose, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's a submissive and in one part of the documentary talks about how his sort of uh, fantasy like goal kind of thing was to be a slave to a woman so he that was his sort of dream to be a submissive Mm. um and when he met Cherie she that that's that was their relationship for their entire relationship and marriage
1: yeah up until his his death um his passing yeah there's, there's a lot
0: of there's a lot of uh, graphic bdsm sort of scenes in it and that kind of thing i got really quite emotional because even
1: in the description of this particular documentary it made total sense to me that someone that experiences that much pain on you know a physical and emotional level yes is mm-hmm. into pain on top of that as a way of kind of dealing with it if that makes sense to me as someone that treats my pain with a lot of
0: painful things
1: and it got me really thinking about why I do that and why it's beneficial for me I do think there's a
0: really sorry there's a really um like a beautiful quote that he sort of says in in the doco because I think someone's kind of asked him this exact question Mm. And he says that there's sort of like a stereotype that masochists are like weak, kind of sniveling. But he says that that's absolutely not true. And mm. a masochist has to know his or her own body perfectly well and be in full control of their body in order to give that control to somebody else mm-hmm. or to give control to the pain. So a masochist is actually a very strong person. And I think that some of that strength is what I use to combat the illness.
1: Mm. That's absolutely yeah. so kind true. Of-
0: yeah, so it helps him sort of like, it's a reclamation of his body, like it's a reclaiming that sort of thing and also being control control um, of the pain and sort of taking control for the first time, I think, mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, which I think on some level, all of us, well, I mean, not all of us, but most of us with chronic illness do do this sort of thing where we try to reclaim our bodies and our pain and all of that kind of thing. but bob is sort of like on the more extreme end of the spectrum Mm. but you know and there is a huge amount in between Mm -hmm. but you know i think it is a sort of common experience to want to do painful things to gain some sort of semblance of control when you don't have control of your body yeah
1: totally and for me it's using cup therapy which can be quite painful yeah you love cupping yeah i do actually so Mm. for people that don't know that's a method used in chinese medicine i don't know we'll actually get someone on to talk about this my acupuncture person it's a suction cup on your back basically or several and it
0: just um creates kind of like a Hickey, I suppose you would call it. It is essentially a hickey, yeah. Yeah, but But it's I think it's more severe. Yeah. Like it brings the blood to the surface so much that mm. like does it create marks for a, a really long time?
1: Up I've to never a done week it. sometimes. Okay. But yeah, so it's a really strong suction sensation and it creates relief for some reason. But I think the pain aspect of that is is part of why it creates relief for me because it is a pain that I can control and I think yeah. when I release myself from that pain, obviously there's a rush from the endorphins and the absence of the pain I've put on myself, if that makes sense. Mm.
0: And also because you were able to say stop and yes. the pain stopped. Yes, and it's yeah, in my I think control. it's a really important for And sure. the same
1: thing with um, acupressure mats that I use as well. And so when I saw mm. this documentary – It totally made sense to me and it may not for for other people watching it. And I thought it was really, 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 really interesting. And I brought this up in the group as well. And I asked people in the group if they – because I do know in the chronic illness community tattoos and piercings and stuff can be a thing too. So, I kind of asked the group what painful – things they might inflict like on themselves or users' management or, users yeah. management, or mm-hmm. if they use tattoos or piercings or other therapies that may be seen as painful or even kink in a way yeah. to process their pain um, or illness and I'll just read out a couple of quotes from the discussion yeah Obviously, you
0: got a really really great response from I asking really this question did. so thank you to everyone in the group you know how much we love and stand you all Um, so yes thank you for always uh, telling us about your experiences and letting us uh, read them out on the the pod. So obviously I won't attribute these to anyone so Mm -hmm. some of them were it's regaining a sense of
1: control over my body when I choose to put it in pain most of the pain is out of my control most of how my body looks and feels and what people have done to it have all been out of my control. I love pain that I invite, I hate the everyday aching burning I experience but Choosing an act that's painful, burning stretches and spiky ball massages currently, it almost takes away from the chronic pain. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, for sure. New piercings, tattoos, BDSM, all fine, but getting blood drawn back spasms and not being able to roll over on my own. Fuck that noise.
0: (laughs) True. True. True that. (laughs) Even though
1: they said that cold water, showers and swimming also hit those spots for them.
0: Yeah, because it, it's uh, it's not so much pain, I think, well, or pers- personally for me it's not um, pain so much as it is an uncomfortable experience, mm. like feeling that sort of like awful feeling you get when you've just jumped into cold water and it's like a shock to the system, mm. if that makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah, mm. which I suppose is similar to a lot of BDSM stuff, it's just a shock to the system mm-hmm. in a lot of different spaces, yeah.
1: For me, it's less about enduring or enjoying the pain of an intense massage or cupping session, another cuppa, g'day, Mm. Uh, and more about the sweet release afterwards. The relief is predictable. It's guaranteed. And in my day-to-day life with chronic illness, relief is rare and can certainly never be guaranteed. So it's really satisfying to be able to take control of my body in a reliable pattern of pain and release.
0: Yeah, which is what we were kind of saying just then. Mm. It's kind of you've actively sort of chosen okay, now it's going to end and the pain actually ends. That guaranteed sort of like I'm in control and I can say yes to pain or no to pain. Or, so I, I had a similar thing. I've never tried cupping, but I went to a period where I was really obsessed with gua sha,
1: which ah, is another
0: yeah, um, Eastern medicine. And it's basically, um, I think gua sha translates roughly to scraping. And so basically they use rocks and scrape not, sharp rocks like, mm. it's like sort a of blunted jade yeah and so they scrape this rock down your back and it's supposed to bring blood to the surface and that sort of thing but thinking back now and after watching this documentary i realized that it wasn't so much the bringing blood to the surface or some kind of actual treatment that was working it was about the consent and sort of saying okay now the pain stops and getting that sense of relief after mm. which i didn't realize at the time and it was only after watching this documentary that i did realize it
1: yeah so i really would recommend giving it a watch so obviously Mm. all the content warnings oh my god that bit with the make a wish foundation i was
0: just about to say the make a wish girl sarah (laughs) it's it is it is a bit weird but i feel like he's trying to make fun of sure like sherry for sort of she's sort of yeah anyway i don't want to get into that bit but it's you know there's a little bit of a dicey conversation that happens in the middle there about mm. an underage girl. But the thing that I really took away from the Make-A-Wish um, kid, her name's Sarah, and she, I looked her up and she actually passed away from cystic fibrosis in 2016. Aww. But she lived a lot longer than what she expected because in one part she sort of says that lo- like her Make-A-Wish was to meet Bob Flanagan because she became obsessed with him mm. um, after seeing his book, Supermasochist. Mm. And... She says that one of the reasons that she became so obsessed with Bob um, and wanted to meet him so desperately was because you never see sick people doing things like that. Like you always think of sick people, like people with diseases and illnesses and conditions as sick and feeble and not being able to do anything. Mm. So when she saw what Bob was doing, it kind of made her sort of reassess life as a chronically ill person. Mm. And it actually sort of made her think to herself, like she says about how her frame of her frame of thinking about death also changed because she used to sort of say to people like, oh, I'm not going to make it to 25. So what's what's the point of going to college or doing any of this kind of stuff? And then after seeing everything that Bob had done with Shuri and all of his art and that kind of thing, she kind of went, oh, I, I do have a future and I can do things and make some kind of a mark like Mm. he has Mm. and says that she wants to get into journalism and writing and all of that kind of thing it's just such a lovely thing like sort of hearing someone go oh like i know it sounds weird because he's nailing his dick to a board but like it's (laughs) he's, he's really inspired me in terms of the way that i think about my life and my eventual death, it made me super, super emotional, especially mm-hmm. like her sort of saying people often think of sick people as, you know, sick and feeble and in bed and not being able to do anything. But like, look at this fucking man. Like look at him, look at what he's doing. He's and very we articulate can do things. And very, very, very funny. And even Oh so so fucking funny. Oh my god, I'm so obsessed with him now. He's just so fucking hilarious. Like I even when he was ill.
1: Um, very, yeah. very, very, very towards the end and did that art exhibition where he is mm. actually in a hospital bed in the gallery.
0: Yeah, he's part of the exhibition. He's part of the like exhibition. people can come and talk to him.
1: Yes, and Cherie actually has that pulley system which is attached to his feet and he's mm. um, pulled up into the air in a kind of Christ-like way which is very interesting um but Yeah well he he
0: actually says that Christ was the original masochist. <laughs> he got nailed to a
1: board. Yeah. <laughs> um and his yeah. entire hospital gown just flops over his head and he's totally naked, suspended from the yeah. ceiling.
0: <laughs> One of my favorite moments in the doco is when he's in the hospital bed and some woman walks up to him in the exhibition, and she's like, "I do not like this," and he just goes, "Okay, badass motherfucker!" Yeah, oh my he god, did it's not just give a shit. And his parents, he didn't as well. Were oh like, my god,
1: uh, yeah, we see what he does. Okay, sure. <laughs>
0: And his parents being like, I can't, but like when they realised and read his book and everything and realised everything that he'd done and just going, we spent our entire lives trying to keep this motherfucker alive as a child and he's doing that shit? What the hell? Like, we are very
1: conservative people too. It's very Very strange. Yeah,
0: Yeah, very (laughs) conservative. I also loved his brother as well when his brother's like, oh, um," because he's gay and he's like, I thought that I had this secret life, you know, away from the family. And he's just like, and then you came out and did all this this shit and completely usurped my like secret sexual life like <laughs> mm. how dare you it's even bizarre documentary because it's like it you're laughing one minute cringing and like holding your like face and hiding your eyes the next minute mm. and then like getting really emotional and crying the second after like I, I honestly I think it's one of my favorite documentaries yeah. ever. it is just so wonderful and
1: even though it does say the life and death his death mm. still takes you by surprise in the documentary it I does find and it's you do intense. and if you're
0: if you're concerned about that that sort of thing it was actually an agreement that he made with the filmmakers and Cherie before mm. he said to them I don't want to be part of this documentary unless you also document my death mm-hmm. because i think that was sort of part of he wanted people to see how intense and painful a death with cystic fibrosis can be, and she documents um, his body
1: afterwards with photographs and stuff as well, which are quite confronting but beautiful.
0: Yeah. Um, so there, look, it is quite full on, but yeah. it is it's the type of full on that it's supposed to be full on because that's what he wanted you to see. Yes. You know,
1: and the liquid yeah. that came out of his lungs that she keeps in a storage unit was
0: yeah. Well, that's, um, that's one of the – weirdly, that's one of the only things that I ever knew about cystic fibrosis is that when someone with cystic fibrosis dies, because there's so much mucus built up in their lungs, they essentially drown in their own body. Yep, and you um, see it happening in the film. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, look, again, this is why we did the content warning because it is very full on, Um, but it is – it's something that I went, I know I, I, I want to watch this mm. because that's – Mm-hmm. what he wanted me to see yes. like that's what he wanted all of us to see he yes. wanted us to know how how this looks you yes, know
1: absolutely mm. um and i don't yeah. think we can even do it justice by talking about it you oh really god no have to it, see it yeah um,
0: but yes yeah, but yeah, you, Bob, nailing a dick to a board yeah thanks <laughs> thank you thanks bob. for uh, yeah thanks bob for like whipping yourself and yeah nailing your dick to a board and we love you god. bob god God knows what else. Yes, we love and stand you forever, Bob. You are a perfect angel and Yay, we a love perfect you. devil. <laughs> now I'm going to actually tell you a, a little story, Chloe. I love story time. I feel like a bit of a like a small child that's just like, yay! It's time for us <laughs> it's, it's story time. Time for my my bedtime story. It's it's always good when Joe messages me before we record, and it's just like she puts a little note in our working document for the <laughs> podcast that's just like secret Joe time, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> what is? <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> all right, hit me. Okay,
1: all right. So, where I'm just going to, I'm going to send you a picture of the, the person we're going oh to be god. talking about today.
0: Okay. Oh, on Zoom. Yeah, oh, there's have a, a look. chat function. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <gosh. laughs> oh my god. Who the fuck is this? <laughs> I What's even going r- on with his? He's like m- got like full blown like mutton chops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who is this?
1: Um, okay, so we're going from one really, really sick person to another really, really sick, mm. well, chronically fully sick white dude. This is actually someone you will know, and I was yeah. really surprised at all of this. So,
0: anyway. Okay. My friend, that is Charles Robert Darwin. Holy shit. Yes. I've just, I fully just realised that I've never actually. Neither. I've never actually known what he looks like. Neither. I've just. How would yeah. you describe okay. how he looks? He looks. Pissed off to me. <laughs> he looks super pissed off. His his mouth is doing like the full like actual upside down smile. Yes. And he's got mutton chops and real full on male pattern boldness. Mm, so, texic, you know, huh? maybe, he's, maybe he's pissed off about that. Yeah. But yeah, I really like his upturned collar mm-hmm. and his little neckerchief. That's mm-hmm. a pretty cute, a cute look. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just burped, sorry.
1: Okay, so he was a, as many people know, a English naturalist, geologist and biologist best known for his contributions to the science of evolution. His proposition mm-hmm. that all species of life have descended uh, over time from common ancestors is now widely accepted and considered a foundational concept in science. Now, we yes. do know that there were some problems associated to this later on, I think particularly from his cousin who may have discovered eugenics, but we won't talk about that today.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like on a disability-led podcast, we shouldn't be talking about eugenics just now. Nope.
1: Um, no. So, but I was actually shocked to find that he was really, really, really sick. Interesting. Yes.
0: How have I never known this? I'd,
1: well, because people don't like talking about
0: this, specifically because... <laughs> You're like well, Chloe, because people don't like talking about disability, they, and that's why we've started a podcast. Are you, are you, are you surprised? <laughs> I am shocked and surprised. <laughs> also, you will you will note
1: that this is the fellow that came up with survival of the fittest.
0: Yes, that mm. was. I think that was why I was so shocked by this. Mm-hmm. To know that he was in fact not the fittest
1: mm. himself mm. for much of his adult like, life, he was repeatedly compromised by a really uncommon combination of symptoms, leaving him severely debilitated for long periods of time. However, in some ways, this may have helped his work. And he wrote, even ill health, though it has annihilated several years of my life, has saved me from the distractions of society and amusement. Oh, Perhaps why I we hate st-
0: amusement. Perhaps <laughs> why we started this podcast as well. Mm, yes, to distract us from society and amusements. He reckons that's why
1: he wrote his books because he was chronically, mm. fully sick. Yeah. Uh, so he consulted numerous doctors, but with the medical science of the time, the cause remained undiagnosed. Some things are forever green, aren't they?
0: They really are. Just never changes. We'll just never change
1: you. But- we'll just bleed you and put leeches on you.
0: Um, Oh, yeah. They probably about just about the tried to thing. cure
1: it with mercury like they did everything back then. Yeah.
0: Um, take some cocaine about it. Woo! Yeah. You've got it's ghosts in your blood. Yeah. Ghosts in your blood. Do some cocaine about it. Yeah. Oh, uh, being an old timey sicky must have been so much fun. I know. <laughs> just take um, laudanum all the
1: time or whatever. Um,
0: yeah, for real. He tried
1: all available treatments, but it, at best, they only had temporary success. More recently, there has been much speculation as to the nature of his illness. So, over 40 years, he suffered intermittently from various combinations of the following symptoms. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Uh, hit me. Go. M- malaise, vertigo, dizziness, muscle spasms and tremors, vomiting, mm. cramps, colics, bloating, nocturnal intestinal gas, so sleep fatter.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just hit my microphone. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh yes, the uh, medical term, sleep <laughs> farting. Mm. Mm. Classic. Mm. Uh, Continue. Headaches, alterations of vision,
1: severe tiredness, nervous, ex- nervous exhaustion, uh, skin problems such as blisters all over the scalp and eczema, hysterical crying, anxiety. <laughs> uh, it said that, I don't know. Uh, sensations <laughs> of impending death and loss of consciousness, fainting, oh, sorry if I... D- don't pronounce this right. Tachycardia. That's where you pull out your hair, I think. Ta- tacky, tachycardia. Yeah, sorry. Or ta-
0: tachycardia. Uh,
1: insomnia, tinnitus and depression. How do you feel about that?
0: Uh, I feel like you should at me next time. You know, I feel extremely seen.
1: And yeah, I, you've talked about your uh, nighttime emissions, as you call them a lot to me.
0: Yeah, because I eat some ice cream and then I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I've done it again. Um, no, but like it was – I really liked your pause before hysterical crying. <laughs> like, hysterical it's not, crying. It's not very often – thoughts of death. It's oh. not very often that
1: um, men are described – men in history are described as hysterical. That's yeah, very interesting I know.
0: to me. Um, I feel like at the time that would have been – no, he would have been before hysteria. No, um, I have no idea. I, that went honestly, for hundreds time, of years. Um, yeah, so that's true. 1809
1: to eight uh, about 1882,
0: yeah. Okay, so he would have been around during his oh, hysteria fuck, yeah. times. Yeah, you're right. That's uh, yeah. that's um, fully. So in his autobiography,
1: he wrote of his illness, emphasizing that it had been brought on by the excitement of socializing. Uh, few persons, what? yes. Few. <laughs> persons,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I hate it when I get excited about something and then all of a sudden I have immediate thoughts of death. And hysterical crying and farting. <laughs> Just cry. I think about my inevitable death and I fart. I oh, fart no. and cry. <laughs> I fart and cry about it. I love it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um...
1: Few persons can have lived a more retired life than we have done. Yeah, try going through this fucking pandemic, mate. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Besides (laughs) short visits to the houses of relations and occasionally to the seaside or elsewhere, we have gone nowhere. During the first part of our residence, we went a little into society and received a few friends here, but my health almost always suffered from the excitement, violent shivering and vomiting attacks being thus brought on. I have therefore been compelled for many years to give up all dinner parties and this has been oh. somewhat of a deprivation to me as such parties always brought me into high spirits. From the same cause, I have been able to invite here very few scientific acquaintances. My chief enjoyment in sole employment throughout life has been scientific work and the excitement from such, works, such work makes me for the time forget or drives quite away my daily discomfort – I have therefore nothing to record during the rest of my life except the publication of my several books. Sad.
0: But also, like, it sounds like he was going out to dinner parties, being in high spirits and having a good time, and then just had a really bad hangover the next day. (laughs) Like, vomiting vomiting, <laughs> crying, thoughts of death. That sounds like me after a big night. Yeah, but, wait till no. you uh, if- get fully into your 30s, mate, and then come and talk to me oh. about <laughs> Ooh, it's happening soon. I oh, <laughs> can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: That'll be really good. Um, mm, so for me. it kind of started,
0: from what I can gather, popping up in his 20s. He... It does sound fibromyalgia-ish, doesn't it? Mm. With, like, some added other Excitements. elements, other other, other, other excitement. <laughs> So, other
1: exciting <laughs> symptoms now available. <laughs> so it kind of started popping up before he went um, on a boat on the HMS Beagle um, for a, a survey of the coast of the southern part of South America. So just fucking around. I don't mm. understand it, but whatever. Um, so yeah. he had chest and heart palpitations before he went there and he didn't tell anyone because he still wanted to go.
0: Oh, right. So, I know that feeling. Yeah.
1: So he said, I was troubled with palpitations and pain about the heart. And like many a young, ignorant man, especially one with a smattering of medical knowledge, was convinced that I had heart disease. I did not consult any doctor as I fully expected to hear the verdict that I was not fit for the voyage. Sounds like a lot of uh, dudes today, to be honest. Like, that won't get Yeah, to the just don't talk about it yeah, and it don't will go away. Verdict, it'll go yeah. away.
0: So, yeah, what's that? I have IBS. Oh, I'm just not going to think about it. Ugh, every dude has IBS. Every. I, how does every dude I have IBS? Know. It's really. Anyway, IBS sucks. I have IBS symptoms as part of fibro, and it's, I say, as I'm drinking a coffee. Uh, yeah, it's not coffee great. Um,
1: yeah. But basically. RIP my toilet later. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, speaking of RIP <laughs> toilets. Um, so when he was on this boat, he pretty much vomited the entire time. Mm-hmm. So that was 18 months at sea.
0: Do you, uh, Have you ever been on like a big boat, like a cruise ship or something?
1: Um, when I was in Greece, um, I, went, I went on between the islands on a big boat and then a smaller one. And I think I've, I've never seen that many people vomit in my life, but I was fine and just yeah. like laughing and on, on the bow, you know, having a great time. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I have. See, I'm on. I'm on, I'm fine on small boats, but as soon as it's like a big boat, People, I vomit just opposite. continuously. Mm. Yeah, I, I vomit continuously, and I tried the injections, the spokoderm thing, really? everything. Nothing worked. Yeah, so huh. I was just drinking heavily the entire time because I was like, well, I'm gonna vomit anyway. Like, may as well just fucking go ham. That's a very and, yeah. interesting way of coping with that. It was, yeah. I was just like, well, <laughs> it's going to happen anyway, so may as well just be drunk the whole time.
1: Yeah, that's, anyway. how, that's how I approach life, really.
0: <laughs> it's going to happen gonna vomit anyway. anyway.
1: It's going to happen anyway, so might as well be drunk the entire time.
0: <laughs> Things are happening. Things are certainly happening. So, so let's uh, have a beer. As you can imagine, most of his
1: life involved him being on boats. He oh. did fall ill at the start of this when they sort of got to South America and he was sick in bed for the entire month of October in 1834, they kind of thought it was a disease given to him by bug, like a particular sort of tropical bug.
0: Oh, he's like caught some kind of malaria-ish thing. Yeah, yeah. On the trip, yeah. It this sort of
1: plagued him his entire life. And he wrote later on, of late, anything which flurries me completely knocks me up afterwards and brings on a violent palpitation of the heart. Um, Sounds really
0: like scary and painful. Yeah, he was very, very ill.
1: So he had no success with conventional treatments. Mm, Sounds familiar. Mm. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, Mm. In 1849, after about four months of incessant vomiting, he took up the recommendation of his friend Captain Sullivan and cousin to try a water therapy um, treatment at the Water Water Viewer Establishment at Malvern. Uh, interesting yes uh so this routine um included him being heated by a spirit lamp until dripping with perspiration and then vigorous rubbing with cold wet towels cold foot baths a strict diet and walks he enjoyed the attention and the demanding regime which left him no time to feel guilty about not working his health improved rapidly and he felt that the water cure was no quackery he had no face i know that's very interesting
0: have you have you watched that show on new show on Netflix Ratchet?
1: No, I've seen that though.
0: Yeah, it's got Sarah Paulson in it, which like we love you know, we love and stand just what a beautiful, gorgeous lesbian icon she is. Mm. Um, but she plays a nurse that works in a. Isn't she married uh, to the like
1: chick a, that was in the 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 head of the future in the new Bill and Ted?
0: I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Oh, yes, I think so.
1: Hmm. Oh, I don't know. I'll check that yeah, out. And I'm really ed- bad edit, edit this out later to stop me sounding Excellent. like, like <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if I'm not right, but yes, please continue.
0: Yeah. Well, she um she works in a sort of um uh, like a mental health um hospital as a nurse mm. um. And I won't go into detail about all the fucked things that happen in this show. But one of the things, because it's, I think, set in the 1940s, mm. uh, so they do, like, electroshock therapy and all of that mm. kind of stuff. But another one of the therapies they do is water therapy. And basically, they get put into these bars and locked in with metal
1: Oh, I've things. seen those. Yeah.
0: And it basically boils you because it's, like, insane amounts of heat. Oh, that and sounds then- good. Yeah, I know. I'm just like ooh, warm. Uh, but no, like in like really gross levels of warm. Like you are bright red after and have basically been half boiled, mm. and then they put you into an ice bath after. So it's like a constant like hot, cold, hot, cold situation, which sounds a little bit similar to what you were saying that he kind of did.
1: But like also down
0: with like also what
1: some of us do to ourselves.
0: Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that was a uh, disproven thing in the 19 like 50s or something that this water therapy was a uh, mm. yeah.
1: Similarly, Crazy, right? The Nick is a really good show for all that early medical stuff. It's a Soderbergh oh, yeah? um, show with uh, Clive Owen in it. The advent mm. of, of medicine and a lot of these early experimental therapies are explored, and it. it's a really good show.
0: All right. I'll look into that one. Anyway. Yes. Anyway. His water therapy. Where was I? Mm-mm-mm. Sorry. We digress. Yes. He had no
1: faith in the homeopathic medicines. He got three times a day but took them obediently. And so Same. he continued with that for a while. But it returned after the excitement of a British Association for the Advancement of Science meeting. Oh, mm. So he got all revved up about that and, and got, um, <laughs>
0: got sick again got all revved up oh no
1: someone convinced him again. to see a clairvoyant about it right uh, he didn't like that so but he got <laughs> pestered to go by his maid and so when he <laughs> saw the clairvoyant he tried to test her by asking her to read the number on a banknote he had in an envelope but she scornfully said this was something her maid servant did and proceeded to diagnose horrors in Darwin's insides a tale he recounted for years afterwards. <laughs>
0: Oh, at all the dinner parties he couldn't go to yes, yes. okay yeah <laughs> so he tried many different therapies um
1: yeah also some of-
0: homeopathic and yeah some so yeah.
1: that some were bismuth compounds laudanum which was kind of like heroin basically and yeah. even tried quack therapies such as electrical mm. stimulation of the abdomen with a shocking belt
0: so basically a TENS machine. <laughs>
1: Probably, yeah. No, we, I, I don't, I, we like TENS machines, I find. They're yeah. fine.
0: Uh, it works sometimes for me, not always. It's just a distraction I'm, I'm pain, not a cure. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: So in the past, there's been speculation that he may have been a hypochondriac, experienced panic disorders, had been emotionally scarred by repressed anger towards his father. Nervous about relations with his wife or had felt guilt over conflicts with his earlier religious beliefs. Possible physical diagnoses have include middle ear infection. Yeah, okay. Arsenic poisoning and tropical parasite infections um, such as Chagas disease, which is what I was saying before. So what's really interesting is a couple of years ago, um, an associate professor at Monash University here in Melbourne... Um, he yeah. suggested that he was the victim of the unusual inherited disorder known as cyclical vomiting syndrome. I've never heard of that. Yeah. So it mainly affects children but can appear for the first time in adulthood. He said, The syndrome is related to migraine but is linked to genetic abnormalities. Classic symptoms of cyclical vomiting syndrome include severe sickness, headaches, anxiety, intense abdominal pain. Many patients also suffer from eczema and recurrent skin infections. Darwin's mother and members of her family suffered from many of these conditions, Heyman said. His mother died from severe abdominal pains when he was eight. Um, wow. So he says he was not aware of mitochondria or of genes and genetic mutations, but he was very aware of random variations within species. This was the corner for his, uh, uh, keystone for his theory of the survival of the fittest, the driving mechanism of evolution.
0: Wow. So he, so it's like he did, being chronically ill kind of like was a sort of fundamental part of him doing the work that he did that has like changed the world yeah
1: for sure that's amazing also people have said that this was because he was lactose intolerant huh
0: so he only got i don't feel like i feel like a lot of those symptoms can be put down to lactose intolerance but a lot of them cannot be well
1: (laughs) they do note that like the water therapy involved him drinking a lot of water which reduced milk intake, and he did say mm. the sickness usually starts about two hours after a meal. At no time must they take any sugar, butter, spices, tea, bacon, or anything good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, know that feeling—the low fodmap. Admitted
1: yeah. to The low fodmap feels. <laughs> he didn't. He wouldn't have liked that. He had a sweet tooth no. and regularly ate puddings with custard, white sauces, uh, and could have been celiac as well. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Mm. so what they reckon was uh, cyclical vomiting syndrome and a possible bit of lactose intolerance.
0: Wow. How fascinating. Isn't it? I'm so fascinated by the fact that he was the creator of survival of the fittest and put that out into the world knowing that he was not one of the aforementioned fittest. Maybe he was a self-hater. Yeah, he was just like, well, (laughs) it's over. (laughs) She's going to die.
1: Although, yeah, he did. He did attribute his scientific success with to his illness in a way so
0: yeah guess what we're geniuses
1: losers
0: yeah not only are we cute and sexy we're also just so unbelievably smart I know so well done us all you have to do is listen to this
1: podcast to get um (laughs) (laughs) proof of
0: that (laughs) yeah to be sexy and cute and also very very smart yeah exactly yeah but we can change the world. Look at us. I oh, know. Look at us go. I oh, know. Hmm. Wow, that was so interesting. I had no idea that Darwin was one of us. One Neither. of us. One, one of, of us. Of.
1: Nah, f- yeah. Fuck, <laughs> fuck him also, but whatever. Uh, and if you have any contributions towards Historically Fully Sick or Quack Watch, which we're not doing this week, please. Send us a message via our billions of things on the internet that I can't be bothered going through.
0: Yes. (laughs) We mentioned them at the start of the episode. So just, uh, you know, rewind back and you'll be able to find them that way. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I think one of the most fascinating things about the water therapy thing that you said about like the sort of hot thing that he was kind of put through Mm -hmm. and I mentioned the ratchet thing Mm -hmm. is that like, there's similar theories about like Bikram yoga now mm. about how it like helps expel toxins and whatever from your body and all of that I kind hate of stuff. Talk about like... toxins,
1: toxins, toxins,
0: yeah. toxins.
1: Like that's what your fucking organs are for and liver and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: what that's what they do. Yeah, it's like no amount of juice fasting is going to expel more toxins, like your organs are just doing that for you. But, yeah, like I feel like it's a similar theory to, to that's what people say about Bikram yoga.
1: Well, we'll be putting leeches on ourselves soon whilst at Bikram yoga.
0: Yeah, for real. Mm. Yeah. But the um there was an Instagram post that um, you reposted on our oh, yeah. Instagram <laughs> recently <laughs> that you absolutely cut sick at. Yeah. Mm. Um, do you want to read through or do you want me to?
1: Yeah, I've been talking for a long time. Do you do you want to? Re- do you have All it right. there?
0: Um, I did, and now it is gone.
1: Now it's gone. Now it's now gone. It's gone. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> no, I did get really, really fucking mad. Our Instagram is right. at chronically fully sick, and you can see heaps of um, memes and me cutting fully sick on there
0: (laughs) it's just yeah it's just memes interspersed with every now and then joe finding something she doesn't like (laughs) and just cutting sick at it (laughs) it's beautiful honestly our social social footprint is just stunning but it was a post that uh was titled best medicine ever and it has a list of things that is apparently this person thinks is you know the cure-all for whatever chronic illness or whatever illness you might have, including, as we all know, the Y word yoga. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sprints, inversions, tree climbing, dancing, chanting, meditation, mm. swimming, surfing, all of that sort of thing. Breath work? Um, yeah, breath work, sleeping. That's the only one I agree with, mm. um, sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, squats, pull-ups, dips. Um, when I read dips, I'm assuming it's just, like, the full, like, drag queen, like, dipping, like... French onion dip. Mmm, <laughs> de- delicious gherkin dip. Yes, that would, that does cure me. But the, um, the thing that uh, Joe really cut sick at was the caption for this. Which is, move your ass, family. Stagnation is literally death. If you don't move, you die. Nothing to argue. Our body's ability to cleanse is predicated on movement. The lymph. What does that even mean? Anyway, I have no idea, okay, but yeah. it's like the lymph with prayer hands. <sighs> I, yeah. It's, um, iron rusts from disuse. Water loses its purity from stagnation. Even so does inaction sap the vigor of the mind. And that's apparently a quote from Leonardo da Vinci, yeah, okay. which I have not fact-checked. Mm. Um, I believe in exercising the brain by reading a lot. That's what I believe in. Mm. And I like reading in bed and not moving. So
1: so as I said on this post, some bodies can't move like that. That doesn't make them bad or unhealthy or wrong or less than or weak. And yoga's fine, but it's not a cure for fucking everything, as we have said
0: numerous times.
1: And the totally. best medicine ever is Valium and then weed. And nothing's going to change that,
0: baby. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing will change that so yes it's I just I hate posts like that because it is just so ableist like it is just essentially ableist equating exercise and all of that kind of stuff with innate health Mm. and it's like that's absolutely not true not all bodies move like that you don't have to exercise like that to essentially be healthy and also doing too much of those things can also be fundamentally unhealthy for you as well yeah, so it's it's like not like
1: certain types of exercise <sighs> aren't good for everyone as well exactly like yeah. yoga has sometimes been okay for me but it's not it it hurts me a lot of the time and i know it's hurt you in yeah. the past as well
0: yes so i i'm now at the stage where um <clears throat> sorry it just it sounded like I was about to start crying. I'm not about to start crying. I just had to clear my throat. She's lying. Um, I mentioned <laughs> yoga just, and She's just weeping. Fully <laughs> sobbing. I'm like, I'm not doing this podcast anymore. You said it you too You can't times. make me. <laughs> you didn't beep it out <laughs> in real time. Yeah. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now what I do is that I have a cheap yoga mat that I bought from Kmart for like $6 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will follow... a you know, a YouTube video that is specifically like a gentle yoga stretch video that usually only lasts about 15 minutes or so, because I'm now at the stage of my fibro that I can't go to classes or I can't do like a full hour long yoga routine. I like my body is just not up to it I anymore. Can so I can only do to like, like reformer
1: Pilates, which is Pilates on the machine that kind of supports your body. Yeah.
0: yeah. I would like to try that. It's, I really when, like it. You know the world goes back to normal. But yeah, I I do that because I had to essentially learn how to pace myself because I would do all of these yoga classes for ages because everyone told me that that was how to fix myself. I would do them and then I would be in bed for three days after being like, ouch, why isn't this working? Everyone Mm -hmm. told me that this was going to be the thing that fixed me. And then essentially, like I just had to learn how to pace myself and do what stretches worked for me, you know, even though... It may not work for everyone. Those are the ones that work. I, so I had to figure all of that out myself. Um, As you often do story, with pacing, hey? Oh, totally. Like, And it's one of those pacing is such an annoying thing because it can change all the time and you have to figure all this shit out on a day daily basis. It is an absolute pain in the ass. But um, one of the things that fully made me give up going to yoga classes was when – so I – like I said, this was – this, this, <laughs> she's laughing because she knows what I'm about to say. It's it's not great. Uh, so basically, I knew nothing about yoga. It was basically like people just going, "Oh, just do yoga and you'll be fine." And because I was like completely ignorant to everything, you know, if I knew then, as what opposed I know to now, now I,
1: when you're not yeah.
0: completely ignorant <laughs> <to everything>. completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like if I yeah if I knew then what I know now I would have told those people to go and fuck themselves. All those but white time, women I, with dreads. Oh god! But at the time I was like, oh, uh, I okie dokie. I'll go and try yoga. So basically, I knew nothing about yoga and everything. So one day I booked a Bikram class, not knowing at all what Bikram was, right? <laughs> and so I started this class, and I was just like, a oh, bit oh, bitter bit hot in here, isn't it? Like to the point that I said that to the woman next to me. <laughs> I was like, Whoa, "Bit, bit bloody hot in here, isn't it? And she was like, mm-hmm. Um, and then so it started and I think I got about a third of the way into it and was like, what the fuck is going on with the heating in this building? It is just absolutely, <laughs> oh, my God. Like it's not even like the height of summer. What the fuck's going on with their heating? Bikram is like, hot there, yoga
1: it? for people that don't know.
0: Yeah, so it's like 40 degrees in rooms that do Bikram. Like, it's supposed to be 40 degrees or more, (laughs) I think. And there's me just being like, fucking hell, what's going on with your air con? Like, this is is fucked. And then... Yeah, like actively saying that to people around the room. <laughs> and all these people are just like, what's going on with the... Uh, it's like going to a uh, chocolate factory and going, oh, shit, that's a lot of chocolate in here, bro. <laughs> yeah, literally just being like, oh, it smells quite sweet in here, doesn't it? Yeah. And so basically what happened was I got a third in, a third of the way into the class, I reckon. I reckon it was only about 15 or 20 minutes. And I fainted. Oh my God. I fainted in the class, completely blackout fainted. Oh my God. Um, and I woke up and I had vomit all down the front oh my of God. me. I had vomit all down the front of my shirt. And I was like, what happened? And they're like, oh, you fainted and vomited everywhere. And I looked in the room and there was just the biggest pile of vomit I've ever seen in oh my, my entire God. life. And so obviously, all of these like, super skinny white girls were like oh my god she's fainted and vomited like, <laughs> and oh. like apparently I got carried out of this class and I was like why is it so I think it was the heat like why is it so hot and they were like that's what Bikram yoga is like it's a hot yoga class Jesus fucking Christ! and I was like I didn't know that like I thought this was just another type of yoga yeah but like yeah. I Okay, yeah. Why? Cuz they, Cause they no can descriptor. have lots of na-
1: different kinds of names. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I was like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. So anyway, that was um and I basically went home and had full diarrhea as well. So like if it was oh if that had happened earlier, I could have actually just shit myself. <laughs> I was like this close. It was all like, that
1: ice cream mm. that you had before yoga. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just don't eat the Ben and Jerry's before yoga, guys. Mm. Um, Problem solved. Mm. Um, Yeah, no, but I was like this close to like fully shitting myself, vomiting and fainting at the same time. But luckily, it was just the two out of the three, guys. So it's just the two out of the three. Yeah. I'm so So proud um, of you. You did a
1: Charles Darwin.
0: Yeah, I did. That was a really Charles Darwin moment of me. (laughs) Survival of the fittest. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no. That's um. So as uh, Joe said in the post, some bodies aren't designed to move like that, and that's okay.
1: Yeah, and shut the so, fuck up,
0: you ableist, ableist you fucking ableist, dickhead. Yeah, yeah. It's just bizarre. Where it's just like if you just do this, then you'll be fine. And it's like no, that is absolutely not true. And it's it's just perpetuating a lie that is not only harmful to people with chronic conditions and disability, but it's also harmful to everyone else as well. Yes, like absolutely stop setting up these expectations that are just not real yes like us you are not a doctor yeah just like us take everything with a grain of salt or a because whole are doctor- of doctor <laughs> Unless you're a doctor, you're not a doctor. Yeah.
1: Even – and then that shit as well. I don't know what we're saying.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think I think we need a wrap up yes. now. This is uh, – me talking about shitting myself and vomiting has gotten us all worked up. I know. I'm, not, I'm not <laughs> excited. I've gotten too excited. Right. I might make myself sick. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make myself sick now. We're just going to pull a Charles. Pull a Charles Darwin. Anyway,
1: thank you for joining anyway. us this week for this beautiful tale <laughs> – of vomiting, <laughs> shitting, cock and ball torture. We, did, um,
0: we really talked about a lot of uh, full-on stuff this episode. So if you don't tune into the next one, look, we understand, but we're not going to do this every episode.
1: Or will we? No, we we're we we not will. sure. If you can't take the heat, get out of the
0: kitchen, baby. Get out of the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, go vomit on yourself somewhere else.
1: Okay, love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye.